You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Led Zeppelin's self-titled album. In the room, I have Rob yes, and Ben. Hello. Led Zeppelin is a self-titled debut album from English rock band of the same name. It was released on the 12th of January, 1969 in the United States and on the 31st of March in the UK by Atlantic Records. The genre is hard rock, heavy metal, blues, uh, and the producer was Jimmy Page. In July 1968, the English rock band The Yardbirds disbanded after three members quit the group. The fourth member, guitarist Jimmy Page, was left with rights to the name and contractual obligations for a series of concerts in Scandinavia. Page asked session player John Paul Jones to join on bass, singer Robert Plant, and drummer John Bonham. After completing their tour dates, they began recording their first album, which was based on their live set, and the album was recorded and mixed in nine days with Page covering the costs. In November 1968, they received a 143,000 advance contract from Atlantic Records without the label ever seeing the group. This was the biggest deal of its kind for a new band. Under the terms of the contract, the band had autonomy in deciding what they would release, uh, when they would tour, they would have final say over concerts, uh, contents, designs of each album, and they would also decide how to promote each release. Uh, And from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine, Led Zeppelin had a fully formed, distinct sound from the outset, as their eponymous debut illustrates taking the heavy, distorted electric blues of Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck, and Cream to the extreme. Zeppelin created a majestic, powerful brand of guitar rock constructed around simple, memorable riffs and lumbering rhythms. But the key to the group's attack was subtle. It wasn't just an onslaught of guitar noise. It was shaded and textured, filled with alternating dynamics and tempos. As Led Zeppelin proves, the group was capable of such multi-layer music from the start. And although the extended psychedelic blues of Days and Confuse, You Shook Me, and I Can't Quit You Baby often gather the most attention, the remainder of the album is a better indication of what would come later. The album marked a significant turning point in the evolution of hard rock and heavy metal. All right, what do we think of Debut by Led Zeppelin? This fucking thing rips. I like Led Zeppelin's debut. Oh, man. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've been inundated with some other stuff, and it's finally happened that we're into the era where everything picks up, gets a little bit heavier, gets a little more produced. 
the album sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's been remastered and polished throughout the years and you know, but it sounds so good. It does. They're, they're, they were doing some cool stuff uh, in the studio too. Just like cool recording techniques, like backwards echo on what's that on? Is that on you shook me or dazed and confused or, or what? I'm distracted by this cool rock and roll that's <laughs> happening inside my ears right now. I didn't realize Chicago ripped this off as hard as they did. Oh, dude, seriously. Holy shit. Yeah, we're listen- <laughs> so we're listening to uh, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You Right Now, a.k.a. 25 or 6 to 4. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the same riff. It's the same, it's the same chords. It's the same... Yeah, exactly. So I was trying to find some documentation of like Chicago admitting it. I couldn't. F- I found where other people were saying that like, oh yeah, like it's that riff is absolutely lifted. But mostly, I was finding people saying that the intro guitar of Green Day's Brain Stew rips off twenty five or six to four, which may- maybe it does, but not as much as twenty five or six to four rips off. Babe, I'm gonna leave you. God, it, just, it just shows like the constant like cycle of like riffs or whatever that people are like yeah oh that's from here wait no that's from here no that's from here and there's a similar part and this is in this As is My like guitar gently weeps even yeah uh, the song covered by joan baez right is this the song probably babe i'm gonna leave you yeah, yeah sounds probably. right <laughs> yeah and i know we're gonna get to it like in five years time but the uh radiohead uh is it creep that rips off the hollies yeah. the air that i breathe and yeah. then this other chick this year getting sued by radiohead uh, for that same fucking yeah, riff L- lana del rey yeah yeah but what about the hollies (laughs) (laughs) we kind of deal with them see (laughs) yeah i honestly i i had never i had never sat down and listened to this whole record like i've listened to all of the zeppelin singles that you know ever popped up in my ears and i was always like oh that's that's cool but like i never i never give it the time of day and i i was a fool this is really really good yeah this one doesn't have a lot of what I would say are considered like the Zeppelin singles, Days and Confused maybe, and Communication Breakdown. Dude, Communication Breakdown is heavy as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, oh, since you're on the topic of Communication Breakdown, uh, Johnny Ramone directly cites Communication Breakdown as why he plays guitar with all downstrokes like he does. Because the intro like... He said he was always playing that like throughout the 70s, just covering Communication Breakdown... And that was how he developed his Ramon style. Huh. I think uh, there's an entire, like, just Wikipedia page about bands that inspired Led Zeppelin and then bands inspired by oh, Led Zeppelin. Dude, seriously, it's it's so heavy on both sides. I, I was going to bring up, like, we, we were talking about 25 or 6 to 4 mm-hmm. and Green Day. And it's funny that we would already be talking about the practice of lifting riffs while we're talking about Zeppelin without really addressing <laughs> the elephant in the room. Right. <laughs> Of that they are just as guilty, if not more guilty. <laughs> In- including the one we're listening to right now, You Shook Me, which is a Willie Dixon song. Mm-hmm. I will which- say this much. We, we've we argued the does it elevate the source material. Right. And I can honestly say Led Ze- what Led Zeppelin did to the blues made the blues better to my ears. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're- I'm also one of that opinion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There might be like one song on here that I'm just I can't quit you, baby. Is the one that I was kind of like, eh, it's not as not as strong as as the others. Hearing things like "You Shook Me," which we also got with, with Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, yeah. 
he didn't have this like I mean a simple thing like this guitar like scraping mm-hmm. you know diving guitar work and the vocals diving with the guitar as yeah. well yeah all that just like combined just makes it so much better than Beck's version absolutely it just is more innovative they just have little touches these little tricks guitar tones and mm-hmm. tricks and things that they put in there that just make a new version of of something old totally and Jeff Beck was pretty vocal, actually, about yeah. how he thought they lifted his arrangement of the song. Well, then how come yours isn't as awesome, Jeff Beck? You know you shook me. You shook me Nineteen sixty nine is concerned. The style, or, and, and this is just based off the book. I know there was a, probably a thousand bands that were writing really sure. good heavy shit at this point. I mean, we're right there with Deep Purple. Yeah, that's the other band that you could say is um, contributing to this like heavy rock sound, it, almost getting into the heavy metal. Mm-hmm. This is sort of like the the birthplace of of that sort of heavy heavy metal. Yeah, and it's um it's this song. It's You Shook Me that has the reverse uh, echo technique which was one of the first uh used on, yeah, on yeah. any recording the thing i like about led zeppelin is they have a lot of live uh recording sound uh the vocals and things have this like air it's like breathing room they oh. record within uh, the sort of studio it's, well that also that was intentional that was another yeah. uh, jimmy page thing he had the he had the amps mic close but then he also had a microphone like 20 feet away from him so you've got the atmosphere you've got the bleed wasn't Jimi hendrix also doing that or was he playing oh, yeah. so loud that they could <laughs> only mic it from the back I that, forget which I, one is correct. I, I, <laughs> the second one that sound right. I think no, he, was, he just told them to put it way far, you know, put it far <laughs> enough away from the from the amp. It'll sound great. But yeah, he's on distance makes depth. Is yes. That, yeah. Yeah. That's there's a theory that distance can make depth because you have not only the you have that sort of echo, the natural mm-hmm. echo. It's the way the from room mic to actually mic. sounds when you're right. If you were in the room listening to it. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, there's also a theory that nighttime's fight time, mm. and that when sun's out, guns out. Is that the same thing? Was the right time. I thought it was the right time too. Moons out, poons out is what I read. <laughs> well, Saturday in a book. night's all right for fighting. Oh, it is all right. <laughs> all right. What Sorry. What kind of poor boy? Do you <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just so happy that we're listening to hard rock, guys. Oh my god, like it's, it happened. Oh, this it is, really it happened, happened from the Yardbirds. This the Yardbirds are the reason. Pretty that, happy table of that we get late thirties white guys. Oh god, it's just 
so much better. Like, I feel like the Israelites crawling around the desert for 40 fucking years or some shit. And all of a sudden, hey, manna from heaven. Let me go worship a golden cow. How about the Venn diagram of former members of the Yardbirds who have recorded You Shook Me? <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much all of them. It's just a circle. Yeah. <laughs> Did Willie Dixon die Mil- rich? Tell me he died rich. Millions. <laughs> he's a blues man, so probably the answer is no. He he's a blues man, but he was a at least like a, a blues man during the blues boom. Yeah, he was still yeah. alive in the sixties. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure he 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 had some money. I mean, he was covered by the Doors, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Everyone. Steppenwolf, Cream, Jimi Hendrix, Everyone that Bob Dylan. For chess. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. He died in 1992 too. So. Well, I hope he died in a pile of cash. Yeah, surrounded by loved ones. Surrounded by loved ones in a pile of cash. <laughs> the the anti blues death. <laughs> broken alone. <laughs> yeah, Days and Confused is definitely one of the songs that when I heard it, it changed. It definitely changed my perspective of blues music and what it could. B, it becomes like mystical in a certain way. You know, this song was ripped off too. Yeah, I do know that. Not even by a blues guy, by a guy that opened for them. <laughs> what? <Yep. laughs> it's a similar story to uh, to uh, Stairway to Heaven, actually, uh, which was written. Well, what, what, the song that was based on was written by a band that opened for him. Yeah. Uh, Days and Confused was written by uh, by a folk singer named Jake Holmes that opened for Led Zeppelin. Like, John Paul Jones was the only person of the band that was in the house watching the opener, loved the set, picked up the album after the set for, like from the merch table, played it for the band. They all liked the song Days and Confused, uh, changed a few of the lyrics and the verses. Up until Jake Holmes created a stink, it was credited to Jimmy Page. It's fucking nightmare people. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Why aren't we allowed to have nice things? Because it, sa- but it sounds so good in oh, my ears. I know. God <laughs> damn it. Jake Holmes finally sued them in like 2010. Jake, there is a pretty popular movie called The Name of the Sun. <laughs> like, there are some royalties here for you. <laughs> I wonder if that's what pushed it over. He's well, fun. even that would have taken 14 years. Yeah. I, I mean, it was said that, yeah, it's it's like based on this song, but then all the the drum work and the... True. And the bass work are all all them. On their part, it's never a direct lift. Like you said, it's always like elevated in some way. The Jake Holmes version, it's it's an acoustic folk song. It definitely doesn't have this psychedelic whirlwind of sound. It, like you said, doesn't have the, the bass lines, the drum parts. They're lifting this very crucial seed premise of, of songs, and then they're running with it. I love what they're doing with it, and I, I'm i fine when artists borrow from other artists. I just don't like when they don't admit it. Just admit it. You, that's true. You dang liars. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. Did, was the song Dazed and Confused in the movie Dazed and Confused? It's not on the soundtrack, no. at least. All right. Yeah. The, Zeppelin was always pretty tight on what they would allow their shit to be in. Very tight. They wouldn't do any TV. They didn't want it digital. They didn't want any of their performances uh, recorded or distributed um, without their very explicit consent. They didn't want to be on TV. No rights, nothing, which I applaud them for. And I think it stemmed back to it was 1969 on a taping for a French TV appearance. The studio engineers just really messed up their sound. And Mm. I think it just jaded them from then 
then on because they they were at the mercy of sound engineers in the house. Especially that early in their career in yeah. a foreign country. Yeah. Oh, that would piss me right off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so they were very tight with having their music be presented in any way that they weren't, you know, very much a part of. There's one story about Jack Black somehow getting a connection with the band, going to their house and begging them to use uh, immigrant song for School of Rock. Rock. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. There's a uh, there, there's a little outtake or not an outtake. There's a, a special feature on the DVD uh, of him and a bunch of little kids just pleading like on video to allow them to use immigrant songs. You say their house. Are these guys all rubies? <laughs> like the hives. Yeah. Whose house? <laughs> Zepp's house. <laughs> I'll play an air drums yeah. right now. <laughs> what the fuck was it about John Bonham and his uh, somehow behind the pocket, which makes it mm-hmm. even more in the pocket? Yeah, it's 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 a cool phenomenon that you cannot fake if you're trying to do it. Yeah. he's If he was any more behind the beat, he would sound behind the beat. It's like his body instinctually knows where that fine line is, and he just rides it. So he never sounds behind... But he's actually like like if you, in like milliseconds far enough behind that it just sounds so heavy. It just it's just stomping across the countryside, and it's he's also hitting as hard as he can, and he's a big guy. Yes, and yeah. he has and he plays big drums, and there's a gong, and it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I've heard his style be described like loosely tight. Yeah, like it, well, it just he- sounds so effortless. When he's doing it, it just sounds like like boulders falling from the sky, you know, just like on tempo. Or yeah, his fills are clean as shit. They're so clean, and it sounds so effortless. It feels like he, it feels like he could be kicked back almost doing it. And that's where like the looseness comes from. Like it doesn't sound like he's like straining to play this precisely. He's got this loose feel, but everything is just hitting right where it's supposed to and hitting hard. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about that too is a lot of times when you have a hard hitting drummer, they don't know how to lay back. Right, he right. knows exactly when to lay back. Yeah. Everybody in this band knows when to shift dynamics. Mm-hmm. That's that's key. I think they were just so road tested too that they mm-hmm. they had just been doing this thing forever and well not forever, but they just clicked really well and they played tons and tons of shows and then they just this is it. And so many mediocre drummers associate playing loud with playing fast. 
like listen to John Bonham. He'll be playing loud and slow, and it's so heavy and it's so deliberate. I, I, I'm a drummer, and I really like John Bonham. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we haven't talked about uh, Page at all. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Jimmy Page, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Playing guitar all over this record, then producing the damn thing. Yeah, paying for it. Writing most of the lyrics. Well, the lyrics that weren't written by Willie Dixon or Howlin' yeah. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> the ones he didn't steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Led Zeppelin is probably a reason that I gravitate towards, uh, like, Gibson Les Pauls. Oh, yeah. That sound, that sort of... Uh, describe it sort of smooth distorted sound that doesn't sound too um trebly it's got like a real beef to it Mm -hmm. is is what i is what i like yeah and led zeppelin is definitely the tone that i i like bass too bass too great bass tone great guitar tone everything i was about to bring that up like it's so like led zeppelin has so many flashy parts like you could talk about jimmy page or robert plant or like John Bonham, like one of the most talkaboutable drummers of rock and roll. But lest we forget, John Paul Jones is such a cool addition to this band. And as a non-bass player, it took me years of listening to Led Zeppelin to fully appreciate what he's doing back there. Yeah. All right. What did you think of this album, Rob? I loved it. I would recommend it to my best friend and my worst enemy. Yeah, I think this album's pretty unstoppable. Uh, I think this is my favorite Led Zeppelin album. That's so surprising to me. And I think that Good Times, Bad Times is my favorite Led Zeppelin song. First song. First song they of got the it. first album. I think they nail on the head. That's amazing. That's what I want. I don't... All right, they can quit now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to think if there's another band that their first song, first album, is my favorite song. Or what I would consider yeah. their best song. All right, Communication Breakdown just came on, so we're going to play us out on Communication Breakdown? Yeah. Noise. All right, total positive for me, Led Zeppelin kind of blew the roof off of what the blues bands were doing in England at the time. It's great. Great cover, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Drawn with a rapidograph drawing pen. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) I expect my free shipment of rapidograph drawing pens in the mail. All right, next time we'll be talking about the band's self-titled album. All right, thanks, y'all.